happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildium. Real stories, real people. I'm Caroline Thompson from Buildium, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. Today, we're talking to Trevor Henson, CEO and co-founder of First Light Property Management, located in Manhattan Beach, California. I had the awesome opportunity of sitting down and talking with Trevor at a recent customer workshop, and he is filled with stories. Just promise me, promise, you'll listen to the very end. It's totally worth it. He and his business partner entered the property management industry with a purpose. They saw a problem in the industry where there was a lack of value placed on customer service, communication, and transparency of accounting. Together, they wanted to solve this, so they sat down, wrote a business plan, and started their company in 2008. Throughout our conversation, Trevor emphasizes the importance of technology, but he also highlights the value of building trust with each relationship he forms, and to not forget about that human element. Uh, we manage uh, just over 1,600 doors of residential multifamily, and uh, last checked, a little bit over 300,000 square feet of commercial, like storefronts, okay. and 32 homeowners associations. Started the company in 2008. We saw a problem, mm-hmm. um, and we tried to address the problem. I came back from Costa Rica. I was down there living for a little over a year on a hotel construction project and managing the hotel. And when I came back, one of my um, business, now business partners was explaining to me how terrible his property management companies were mm-hmm. because they were doing um, condo conversions. And they dealt with three different ones, and all three of them had um, the same issue. One was customer service, one was communication, mm-hmm. and the third one was like trans- transparency of accounting. They couldn't get reports quick enough, and the reports would be three months back when they did receive them, and they couldn't seem to be able to email anybody or do anything online. Mm-hmm. So we started sitting around thinking about it, we're like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Okay. So I wrote the business plan. I found it interesting that Trevor and his business partner actually sat down and created a strategy to ensure they focused on aspects other property management companies were not succeeding on at the time. I asked how he continues to work on those elements 10 years into the business. We came up with our core values, which um, the acronym we use in, in our office is ICE, which is it's innovation, customer service, and efficiency. The innovation part was the we wanted to throw as much tech at a business that seemed like it needed it. <laughs> it. Even to this day, 10 years later, we're still seeing a lot of property management companies coming out of the cave, in a sense, where mm-hmm. they're just now discovering that you can pay your rent online, you can actually see counting mm-hmm. um, uh, line items and reports online. This has been available since 2002 or one, sometime around when the digital report um, digital was it, Digital Information Act came out sometime around when it became legal to see all these things online. <laughs> Trevor entered the industry knowing he was going to need technology to make his business successful. The way he leverages technology to also build trust and transparency with his owners is a key way of creating those stronger relationships. So what would you advise other property managers who maybe aren't using technology or aren't offering um, rent online and whatnot? What should they be looking for in a software choice or in other options? To our biggest sell to our clients are, is that they don't, they don't need to trust us. You don't have to believe me, Caroline, that I'm, we're going to do your accounting properly. You can log in and see it. Like, you don't have to trust that my accounting department has done their job right. They are, but they're still human. Mm-hmm. They will do their job right, but there's going to be mistakes. Mm-hmm. We're human. There's going to be a little bit of human error in there somewhere. But, and we tell them this. 
and we encourage them to double check our work. Log in and take a look. Look at what's been paid here and there. You can see all the um, line items uploaded. You can see all the accounting as it stands, as you would see in a report that we'll send you. And we will still send you the report monthly. Mm -hmm. um, but you have that option. Now, does everybody do that? Most of them don't. They do it once or twice. <laughs> They're right, it's there. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that we put that on the table to begin with, that they don't have to call us and wait for a phone call back or email someone and wait for a response, they can just go on and see where their money's going, mm -hmm. how much money's owed, how much money they've been paid, if their tenants have paid rent, without having to deal with um, the property management company, which is us, mm -hmm. which we gladly help them, but we're not 24 hours, right? No one is. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, owners sometimes keep strange hours. Yeah, they they want to look at things at different times of the day and night. Technology is only one method of many that Trevor utilizes to ensure he is building trustworthy relationships with his owners. To balance the software aspect, he also makes sure to focus on not losing those important human interactions. It's what he feels helps him win business. Trust is a big thing with the, in real estate. It's one of the only things. It's mm -hmm. a lot of this right here face to face, right? No one's going to sign over their family's trust with all the money that they're kids are going to get from when they die to just somebody they met even online. And they might, that might start the conversation, but they're never going to do it unless they've talked to you several times. So they want to see you, see what you're about, come to your office, make sure you're real. Who is this person? Do we trust it? There's a lot of that, that human communication. So how do we convey that? This right here. I meet every single client. Even now, I mean, we're not that big of a company, but it's one of my primary objectives. And like, if you talk about like my day-to-day, -day, is meeting with clients, mm -hmm. talking to them, getting them on the phone, getting in front of people, because that's where the trust is built, and then it is reinforced and um, complemented and um, furthered by so the software. Mm -hmm. Say, I want to do all these things. This is what we're going to do. Here's how it is. Let me show you where you can see all these things, and now we're going to do it. And if you have any questions, you can always call me, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, but here's the proof, then here's the, this is the, a live example mm -hmm. of what's gonna happen when you come with us. I feel property management is a huge people business. Human capital, right? Yeah. Always, mm -hmm. all, any way you look at it, it's the tenants are humans, our clients are humans, the vendors are humans, mm -hmm. we're not making widgets. Yeah. We're providing housing for human lives, and mm -hmm. we can't, that can't be lost on property manager. Absolutely. It is a fine balance, and it, it walks the razor's edge yeah. at all times <laughs> of whether it being what's the best interest for our investor, mm -hmm. our owner, and what's the best interest for our, our tenant. Yeah. In, in a way, they're both our client. Because you're kind of the middleman between the two. We're absolutely the middleman. So I know you talk kind of about the re relationship you have with the owners, but how do you look at the relationship with the residents and tenants that you have? The resident, resident property management relationship, like I said, is very. It, we have to be very careful with it. And we have to train our people to be very careful with it as well. We have to be customer service related, but we can't not give away the farm mm -hmm. to every request or every need of the tenant if it is not in line with what the owner would want. Now the owner, we also have to keep in line as well because we have to keep them in compliance with fair housing laws, with standards of habitability. Um, they cannot not fix certain things and we have to make sure that they will fix certain things and make mm -hmm. sure that they do it and, and know that. The tenants can't just request for every little thing like a squeaky hinge on a cabinet and expect it to be done tomorrow, mm -hmm. you know, drop everything because and not fix the leak that's happening three, three units over. Mm -hmm. And how do you manage that? Well, that, that comes down to communication. That comes down to communication and what we call strategic empathy. Strategic empathy is being able to put yourself in the tenant's position without having to actually be in a tenant's position and without actually you know, understanding their problems, feeling for them, tell them that we're going to handle it. We understand that the squeaky hinge 
is waking up your baby when you open it. And we're actually going to get that fixed. It's just we cannot do it in the time frame, unfortunately. And here's why. Because mm -hmm. X, Y, Z. And you know, would it be okay if someone gives you a call in a few days to come fix Squeaky Hinge? Because mm -hmm. we're going to be there anyway. We could just send our guy by. Owner doesn't then does not then get charged for said Squeaky Hinge because the maintenance guy's already in there fixing mm -hmm. Unit 302's plumbing plumb and a little bit WD-40 on it said. Squeaky hinge doesn't cost anybody anything if he's already there. Mm -hmm. That's so a great way to manage both sides of it. And I think it's really important, especially for our listeners um, and prop other property managers, is to take that approach with residents and to explain to them, and, but to also show that you understand them. You see them, you hear them, you understand their issues or problems they're facing, but to then explain why you can't get to it right away or when you're going to get to it. And to manage expectations, I think, is super important Absolutely. for that side of it. Timelines, and then, then you must stick to them. So if you tell them three days, it needs to be three days. If it's going to be three weeks, Tell them three weeks. Mm -hmm. If they're going to have an issue with that, then they can negotiate back and forth and we can try to raise it back to the owner. Mm -hmm. In the end, you just want whatever it is you're going to do, you need to say what you're going to do and then do it. But as soon as you don't, now they don't trust you. And now they're going to call you every single day, every time something happens. And now your overhead goes up because you have your property manager on the phone with squeaky hinge issues when they need to be <laughs> doing their um, move out inspections or they need to be doing their leasing or something mm -hmm. income generating or, or something more critical than squeaky hinges. I know you mentioned that the human interaction part was so important with owners and when they were kind of deciding which company to go with, you made sure to call them often, to talk to them often, sit with them. Do you also kind of do that kind of relationship nurturing with the residents and tenants? Well, see, the residents, this is a very good question. The, we've heard of a lot of property management companies that do what they call absentee leasing, where there's a lockbox placed upon a door. And this is not illegal, um, by the way. Lockbox placed on the door handle, and applicants call in, and the leasing agent, property manager, whoever they're talking to, says, Ah, oh, yes, that unit XYZ, here's the lockbox code. Go in there and go take a look at it. Applications are on the table. Fill out one if you're interested and send it over. And I go silent when I hear such things from owners like, Well, you know, why do you guys? Because the, qu the question, the precursor of that is we're telling them we charge a leasing fee, right? And like, Well, the other property management companies don't charge a leasing fee. I'm like, Tell me about your property management company. And they're like, well, they do this, and I'm like, well, okay. Like, well, and uh, they're like, they just put a lockbox on the door, you know, they're not doing anything. And I'm just like, and there it is. I just had this conversation yesterday with a phone call from Yelp. Mm -hmm. uh, new customer calling, seven units in Long Beach, California, and they were inquiring about this. And we were telling them we have a $300 per unit leasing fee flat. Like, well, no one else charges that. I'm like, well, say you have a tenant. He gets there, takes the keys, takes like, decides he likes the place, closes the door and locks it and begins living there. We, the property manager or you, the owner, call the police. The police show up, you know, say, hey, they were, you're trespassing, no, no, no. And tenant being the, usually the career criminal kind of tenant they are, because it's usually, they're, they're doing this on purpose, obviously, waves keys at the officer. Officer, I have the keys. The owner is just discriminating, you know? It's, it's because I'm whatever. He's telling me that we haven't, we're having a fight. Like, well, okay, can you, you have any other documentation that proves that you know, you're here? And they'll conveniently have a lease in their hand that where they've handwritten in. That's all the officer needs to see. And now you're in an eviction situation to get them out. And they can live there for five months, who knows, before they negotiate out of it and do it again to the next place. We've seen it. Our fee, flat, small little fee is just covering our costs to have somebody there. We have, so back to your question, the human element. Every single showing we have is what we call agent-supervised showings. There's always one of our leasing agents or property managers there with the tenant, or prospective tenant, 
to make sure they're not one going to move in, but two, it's bad, terrible sales. How do you? I mean, would, no would you buy? Would you? How many times have you bought a car, even on a car lot, where you've walked up, and even if it's not a hard sale car lot like CarMax or something like that, have you just walked in and bought one? No. You don't. <laughs> There's always weird. a salesman yeah. telling you about the features and what's better and leading you, answering your questions. If anything, if they're not trying to hard, at least they're answering questions. How does that happen? And I'm like, how long is it taking you to lease? Well, I'm like, oh, two to three months. I'm like, we rent things in two to three weeks. Why? Well, because now we have that human connection. People tend to lease what they like. But they like somebody. There's no face to the name. It's just another nameless company with a lockbox on the door. And you'll lease it eventually. Mm -hmm. But how much does it cost to actually lease then? in lost rent, and yeah. never mind if somebody decides to move in. So that does become the human, ex and then the third small asterisk to it is you get a gut check. Your leasing agent gets a gut check for who's moving in. Mm -hmm. On paper, people can look fantastic until you meet them. And there's been several times in my career where there's been, I don't, well, at least, I don't know, Trevor, like they're good on paper, they check out, they got a 800 credit score, they got a good job and things like that. And, and, but when I met him, it was, there was just something. Like I, it just, it wasn't, he wanted to move in real, usually when they want to move in real quick, like tomorrow. Tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Listeners, anytime anyone wants to move in tomorrow and give you the, the money today, slow down. There's, every single time we ever seen that happen, there's been something back in the background that's gone wrong. If you dig a little bit deeper below just the credit score and the income, you'll find the skeleton generally. Like back to the like previous landlord or two back. Second landlord is usually the best one for that one. Mm -hmm. Call the second landlord unlisted and they'll be like, yeah, that rack scandal ripped me off of this, that, or the other. And you start finding, usually you'll find something. Mm -hmm. But there's that gut check. There's no gut check with a lockbox. You don't know who it is and then how do you tell your owners? Why are you like, why? I thought you met the, did the leasing here. I thought you met these people. Didn't you know there was 80 people moving in? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, they look good on paper. That doesn't, yeah. yeah. That doesn't fly so well with your t with your t owners when you tell them that. Like, who met these people? What didn't you know? Like, these people are like, yeah, because you can feel it. There's a, there's that. It's a just your intu your intuition. You know when something's wrong. Mm -hmm. We all do. Do we know why we feel that way? No. It's, like, it's called a sixth sense. Call it your intuition. Call it your gut. Whatever it is, when there's something strange or off with somebody, you kind of get a pretty good quick check on it. And most of the time, that's right. Now, you can't deny somebody because you just think so. You have to find the quantifiable facts within fair housing, obviously. You just gotta, but once you do start digging, most of the time, you'll find something. Like you'll find a, you know, a, some kind of um, criminal record history in another state, or that they are on the run from the law, or they just got, there's a, an eviction, there's a lawsuit pending somewhere, or an eviction here, or some kind of something. Or they're, you call their credit, you call their employer, and you speak to them, and then you call their the employer's number listed on their website, and they have no record of them because it was their friend you called. He's just got to dig a little bit deeper. And we've done it. So that's the, I mean, there's been a couple times we've been wrong. Mm -hmm. Most of the time not though. But I think it's good to have that kind of second check and having that human interaction Absolutely. helps you with that so yeah. much. Right. Um, so I think that's a really good piece of advice to kind of end off on. But you did mm -hmm. mention, I want to just wrap up with one final question. Um, you did mention some interesting resident stories or kind of stories you tell owners to kind of prepare, like when you said that someone could just move in um, <laughs> without, like very unexpectedly. So I just wanted to ask you finally, um, what is the craziest story you've ever experienced in property management, whether it's with a tenant, with an owner, with a vendor? 
So we were downtown LA, this downtown old uh, historical building. One of our larger clients was um, in escrow one, and we were doing the escrow walk. And he would bring us in, still does, during escrow to bring all our team of maintenance guys, take a look, give us their feel like, what do you think, what do we see, help him make a decision. And we've, we've read the service for free, um, just to, get, to help him decide if there's something inherently wrong with the place. So we're going unit by unit, looking into it. I'm getting close to this one, you think it was unit seven. And uh, funny smell as you start keeping up in a building. And I, we, it's not like a dead person smell because I've smelled that. <laughs> like, and it's not like a like a trash smell because it was, was kind of hot. You're like, what is that? And like I started thinking, that's kind of like an ammonia, like kind of like that kind of smell. Open it up and, and the broker that had not been in kind of looking at us and <laughs> it's open it up. We open it up and we're about knocked over by this uh, ammonia smell. We don't really see what the, what in the heck is that? Look in there, and we walk in, and the whole place is dark, and it had like foil on their windows, and it was the middle of the day, and we just hear like, anyone else hear that? <laughs> because our eyes, our eyes are adjusting yeah. from the midday the sunlight. He said, "What is that?" Like, did we anyone else? It was like, yeah, like someone's like, I see something moving. <laughs> They were breeding free-range gerbils in the unit, and they would just let them run. There was no cage. They were just like oh they ran. There was started, there was just poop and pee, and that's what we were smelling was the gerbil yeah. excretion from the unit. Nobody was there, but they were apparently had like an online gerbil business where they advertised free-range gerbils. <laughs> but it was like that was the most interesting and gross. We had to actually call. Our attorney and the attorney then posted notices based on habitability, called the help department, had them inspected. We reverse, usually it's a tenant's calling us for whatever reason, we're like, geez, we can't have this. It's a complete you know, violation of everything here because mm -hmm. it's sanitation. And they operated really quickly because of the extreme health issue and like it, law, because they're breaking the law and the health and health issues and stuff like that. So by all those things, they were able to actually evict them really quickly. Similar to Leah's story in episode one, Trevor also created his company with core values in mind, focusing on innovation, customer service, and efficiency. Trevor brings us throughout First Light's entire company story, from the very beginning of him and his business partner sitting down to outline a plan of action to how they continue to deliver consistent and trustworthy services. My favorite part of Trevor's story is that he places so much emphasis on the human element. In property management, it's truly a human business as you're dealing so closely with people's personal lives. The combination of technology and the human element is what has helped lead Trevor to success. But I'm curious, what does your personal business plan look like and how has it changed over the years? As always, if you love today's story or if we didn't cover something you'd like to hear more of, please let us know. Feel free to email us questions and comments at podcast at buildium.com or find Buildium on social media and use the hashtag Buildium Podcast. I promise you we'll read every single one and only help us to continually improve our show. So thank you in advance. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the Property Manager Podcast to not miss out on any future episodes. We'll be releasing a new one every other week. Thanks for listening.